Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Today is a very, it's an extra special. Extra. Extra special. It's extra double wide it's special. It's extra wide and it's, it's easy. Today is going to be an easy, easy Kill Me Now podcast. A nice, wide, easy. Easy, wide. Kill Me Now. You know, I've always said that I have a wide ass. I've always agreed with you. Yeah. Shut up. But today, I mean, we have a legend in the house. We do. A legend. Yeah. You've got a couple of them. Um, I love this guy. All right. First of all, I love him because he's so smart. Yeah. Um, Remember when I introduced you guys? That was me. I introduced you guys. Um, yes. I, I have to let you know that I have been getting emails about the interruptions so, I'm not kidding. You know what? I would just like because I was just introducing him, and you just cut in with and I and I introduced them. So let me finish my thought. Well, the emails I get are they enjoy my interruptions. Okay. Well, those four people are idiots. Anyway, so the reason I love this guy, smart, creative, um. Life experience beyond, you know, lit, has lived many lives, I think. Like a cat. At least as many as a cat. At least as many as a cat. Um, it's not often you meet someone who has had such a major impact on your life since you're 16 years old, 17 years old. Same here. Since and, I was 16. Interruption. And, um... And you find out that this person is such, is like in a beyond incredible, multi-dimensional human being. And that's what we have today on Kill Me Now. And his name is Bert Rubin, ladies and gentlemen! Well, thank you very yes, much. Yes, Bert Rubin. Thank you. Um, among other things, but claim to fame for a lot of people would be that he invented the easy wider rolling paper. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. I want to thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. Since well, thank you for the mm-hmm. invitation. Yes. Thank you for making things easy for me when I was 16 in New Jersey. Um, and I still purchase your product. Right. Because to me, it's the, it's the product. There's no other product with the brown, the brown Easy Waters. Easy wider, easy wider, easy wider. Right, easy wider. Um, when I when I put together when I put together the uh, cigarette paper company, I didn't realize um, the effect actually that it in in the end would have in terms of how many people would end up using the product on a daily or weekly basis, um, and also the growth of marijuana use. In America. Right. Um, 30 years ago, 
I thought marijuana was going to be legal all over America. Yeah, I read that, yes. In, in, in 10 years. <laughs> Cue siren sound. Uh, and uh, it's 30 years, and a handful of states have made it legal and with conditions, except in uh, Colorado and, and somewhat in California. Right. But it's, it's a- absolutely, you know, for me, and I, I, you know, my son's in college. And I've told him, I would prefer that you smoke marijuana and not drink. And then I read an article in the Times um, from a doctor whose children were growing up. And she she wrote that, you know, I know my kid's going to do, is going to party. Experiment. Right. And Teenage I... Teenage is, experiment. Right. And it is much safer to smoke pot than it is. First of all, the other thing is... Has anyone gotten stoned and, and then beaten their wife? Has anyone, right, you know? Right, overdosed. Right. You read an article about somebody I who, did read who went out and smoked some grass and... Not smoked. Wait, I'm closing the window. Fuck in New York City. It's not smoked, but I had... There was one kid I read who, you know, ate too many edibles can, and then can, jumped edibles off. Are, yeah. is an entirely mm-hmm. different thing. There's a chemistry involved right. with eating um, tetrahydrocannabinol. It's right. very different than smoking. Right. It's it's processed through your liver. That's why, right? And right. Uh, through your bloodstream. I believe that's stream. the case. And it's also the the amount you can Just you can eat like. you can eat a great amount more than you could possibly smoke or the ingestion through smoke. Right. And it takes two hours for an edible to. To kick start in. to kick in. And right. then it's hours. And right. then the next day you feel like Actually, shit. Not that I've ever had any. I've I, still, I still <laughs> I've had a bunch. smoke marijuana regularly. Right. It's my drug of choice. Right. Uh, Same here. When I, when just, I think I'm sorry. I'm just going to interrupt you. Just hold when, the mic up. To you. Perfect. When I, think, when I think of drugs, I think of very, very early on, and I've told this story many times, about... I was kind of the first te- television generation. Right. And we would see a, a picture come on with this um, big pill. And you didn't know what this pill was. Right. And then you'd see a man with a hammer hitting his head. Right. And you would say, wow, it's this hammer. Wow. Yes. This is, this is Right. Anison. Yeah. I'm a five or six-year-old looking at a TV screen. I say, wow, this is the age that you take one of these and you do one of these. Right. And, uh, it's going to change you from a hammer in your head to smiling and playing in right. the playground. Right. At that age, people are very impressionable. Right. <laughs> but, you know, also that generation, you you were born in 47? 46, yeah. 46. Well, you look 40, that you were born at 47. Thank you very You're much. Well. <laughs> a, bus, a bus driver told me that. My last birthday, I'm in a bus. Right. And the bus driver says, well, you seem happy. I said, yeah, it's my birthday. And I, she said, how old are you? I said, 69. He says, you don't look 69. I said, really? How old do I look? He goes, 68. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a comedian. Um, so, really. But the, um, you were born... Now I forgot what I was going to say because... Uh, oh, excuse me. No, it's my it's fault. No, it's not. It's menopause. And another product that I use um, that I think affects your memory. Now, uh, so for, in 47... You know, oh, yes. There was, side effects. You're bringing up side effects. Right. But no, I'm thinking what... Yeah. The, what when pisses I, me off of side effects. Yeah. But <laughs> what about the side effects if you don't do it? But here's the thing is, you know, at that time, women, 
were not really a major major part of the workforce. And when I think of mothers of that generation, uh, they were having martinis. They were taking, you know, in the fifties, sixties. Mother's little helper. That's yeah, wrong. that's they right. Were taking amphetamines like they were candy. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you yeah, know, meth, basically. Can't uh, right. And and it was, you know, here are these intelligent, you know, women who have to who were, you know, sitting at home. You know, waiting for their kids to come home from school. I mean, it, if I had nothing to do all day, oh. I, I don't know. I I'd go crazy. You would you kill yourself? It. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, at that time, I you know, and you mentioned that you that they would say chemistry is the new. One of the uh, commercials said something about uh, you know use oh, chemistry a, a now better, uh, a better world through chemistry. Right. And I mean, we we talk about oh you know, legalizing marijuana, the amount of drugs that have been used over the years. I mean, cannabis was legal until the 20s, I think. Isn't that correct? It, About the 20s. Yeah. Right? This man, Henry Anslinger. He was the... He was the... A surgeon general or... Yeah, or something very yes. high up in the government. Right. And he held hearings and made it the death drug, the right. death thing, and uh, it scared America. Right. And so there was anti-marijuana legislation that was put federal legislation right oh one of one of um our favorite things to do in high school was to rent the old uh, reefer madness movie and get high and watch it right the reefer madness movie was uh, basically a, uh, a a movie that was put out to show that by taking a few dogs of marijuana you're going to become screaming mad. Right. Which is totally ridiculous. Oh, it's, and I used to, it's a they comedy. Used to, well, uh, they used to play these um, these videos in health class, <sighs> which were like someone smoking marijuana and then like, what? And like, you know, right. planes so go flying into their head and right. And it was... That was after. That was a little bit after my time. Right. But I can understand them using that. In the seventies, that's right. what they would do. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. in the eighties, Woodstock. I mean, I was in Woodstock. I know. I know everything about you. I. I oh well. I. I just. It was a matter of um, when when you grow up and and people are telling you such ridiculous lies. Right. You start to question what else they're telling right. you. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. Um, it's like the boy who cried wolf. They tell you a lie, turns out to be bullshit. Right. They tell you another lie, turns out to be more right. bullshit. Right. And then you go, well, now the next thing you tell me, I'm supposed to listen to it and say, yeah. Yeah. Well, you were born in New Rochelle. Or no, you were born in, in, city, city, in the city. But I was raised in New Rochelle. I was moved, we moved there when I was very young. And you had older brother and sister. Exactly, yeah. And, uh, you know, my I had a lot of my family lived in, my father's side lived in New Rochelle and started the synagogue, the conservative synagogue oh, really? there. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, and it was like a suburban Westchester upbringing. Uh, a suburb. A yeah, city, suburb. A suburb of almost any right. big city in America. And that's when the suburbs were... You know, beginning. The main streets in the suburbs were the big thing. It wasn't the mall. Right. It was those little was mom theme, and pop shops. It was the mall. Right. There were theaters on a main street right. somewhere. And there's still, New Rochelle is still like that. There's a lot of towns in Westchester that are still like mm -hmm. that. New okay. Rock City. And uh, there's a big mall there in New Rock City. But no, but there are little streets like that, which I find 
to be lovely. Well, charming. Yeah. And now, that's what the Upper West Side was, and now, forget it. It's still charming. The Upper West Side is still... Actually, when I was coming up here, just to disagree, not to disagree, but... To, <laughs> to, it, it's beautiful. The buildings are beautiful. The buildings the are beautiful, are but the beautiful. banks are really... It's the one banks? bank. Oh, There's yeah. so many banks. <laughs> and Starbucks, Starbucks, Starbucks. Um, and your father was a dress buyer. Yes, indeed. Oh, cool. Um, and who did he buy come, for? I used to come in... Well, during that period of time, and before my father's time, um, the fashion industry was not centered here from a showroom point of view. It was... It was in New York City from a manufacturing point of view. Right. This was before all the manufacturing went to China. Right. Before it went to um, India, to Pakistan, or right. whatever. They would make, literally, cut garments there. I remember growing up as a child, once a year my father would bring me down and walk me around to these manufacturing facilities. In the 30th Street, like yes, 8th Avenue? 30th. Yeah, 8th, yeah. 7th and 8th Avenue. Yeah. Exactly. Where the big button is now. They have the exactly. big gas. Right, they have a big button. All there. fabric there's, stores. There's a tailor. Yes. Yeah, there's a big stone tailor. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Of the tailor, exactly. And, I love that one. And and at that um, and at that time, um, he he would bring me down to see what was going on. Right. Um, he would buy for a chain of stores of twelve stores in Iowa. And 16 stores in Arizona, and another right. 12, so that they needed buying offices. Right. Now, Walmart has taken over all those right, stores, right, right, so right. they don't need a buying office. Everybody has to go to Bentonville or Arkansas. Right. Okay. Uh, it, they used to have all kinds of small department stores. And buying offices was a type of business. My father's company was one of probably hundreds that were buying offices to buy various things. He bought women's dresses. The man in the next desk may have bought hardware. Right. The man in the next next desk may have bought... Men's suits. Men's suits, right. exactly. And it was a specialist in that. And he'd write orders and these manufacturers... So, was he... Was your mother very well-dressed? Um, my mother... Well-dressed, humbly dressed, my mom. Right. I mean, was he great at buying dresses? No, it was great at buying dresses from $3.75 to $12.75. Right. Would then retail from $9 to $36. So, and what would that be in today's money? Today, that might be a dress from $25 to $60. Oh, really? Very low price on right. the low end of, not couture. Right, 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 right. Okay. Not the girls who were walking down uh, the fashion. So he wasn't the one that was like, "This is I'm going to buy this dress and it's going to be the trendy Not style. at all. Okay. Not at all. This dress is in generally was a second generation or third right. generation from a manufacturer who is sure that this type of dress sells well, always sells well, and would make it make good quality right, right. merchandise that they could ship out to these small department store right. chains. Uh, throughout the United States. Wow. And your mom was a homemaker. My mom was basically a homemaker and then worked with my uncle in photography. Uh, oh, so, so very creative. Well, yeah, she was more of the bookkeeper part of right. it. Right. Um, I don't know where the um, uh, 
my inventing came from. I, I don't right. think as time goes by, any of us know where our destinies came Well, from. you know, it's probably your mother, but she could never do anything because she was a woman. Yes, but I think it was my mother who gave me the the decision to take a chance to make something. Because right. when you're an inventor, whatever like, you're inventing, yeah. you're in the front. You're in the front of... Right. And you don't know whether or not people are going to, with Easy Wider... Right. Okay. Um, when I sold the company way back when... 6.2 million. Well, to, that would be 62 million right. dollars right. or more. Right. Or more. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, uh, when I, I was selling the company, I never thought I'd be selling 78 million booklets a year. Right, right. I'd be in 110,000 stores. Yeah. When I started it, I did some research. I had written to uh, 20 companies around the world who made right. booklets. Only five companies answered me. Right. I then went to them again with more statistics and more abilities. Right. It's all marketing. And then, and then once you could produce something, you have to marketing is branding a big percentage of. So, but Lizzie Wider had an advantage. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It was generally you. If, you, if you're making a new toothpaste. Oh, my God. Kill me now. This is a kill me now moment. Kill that me now. That my fucking landline is ringing. Watch. Now it'll say who it's from. <laughs> I hope they pronounce the name right. No. Oh, there it goes. I can't. I'm not even getting it. Oh, please don't leave a message. Please don't leave a message. This is so fucking annoying. We're not recording in my house anymore. Let's see who it is. Yeah, this edits. It's easy. Okay. Yeah. Let's it's see. so easy. Thank you. Yes, you are. Sorry, I am. Okay, this work. Bye-bye. That could That's not fine. have been more perfect. But she knows she's interrupting the podcast, and yet she still calls. Hey, what's up? Am I interrupting hey, am the podcast? am I interrupting the podcast? <laughs> Sorry if I am. All right. Uh, so, but you, so you, you invented <laughs> Easy Winder because there was a need for it. When you were a kid, when you were younger, like, I know that Easy Winder was like, your first huge invention. But when you were a kid, were you making, were you good with your hands, you know? Yes, generally I went to woodshop and enjoyed woodshop. As and a what, Jew in woodshop. Yeah, and when uh, I took uh, specialty drawing in terms of mechanical right, drawing. Right, right, right. I was very good at mechanical drawing. Um, and like engineering. And engineering types of things. Um, and I always wanted to improve. I have, it's like, now at home, I have a list of things, and some of them I've made models of, right. of other products that I would intend to make, have right. had the financing or the time. Right. Right now, I've decided to stick with the utensils that I've shown you Yes, before. we will be discussing those, which I enjoy. Right. No, no, but um, it's like I'm always trying to say, well, how can it be better? Even if right. in a simple way, sometimes very small changes... Make great improvements. Like, you gave me this pen, this Evo pen. Right. Okay. okay. Which is in uh, the museum, MoMA. Well, it, no, you should sell the MoMA. Now, you, you just uh, Google it on. Okay. Google and it on. I have arthritis. 
Okay, and um, when I and I handwrite a lot because I find it to be, you know, much more like creative. Yeah, sure. yeah. And th- and I always I have a huge callus. Well, the reason you have a callus is because it's the body's way of showing you. Right. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> That's you right. know. And this pen is tiny, and you know it's it'll it's fit a, into any pocket. It'll fit into your. It's so I. I I have a kill me. I like this is such a great like I could write with this all day and it would have no effect on my hand. Uh, I had no idea you had arthritis. Um, Yeah, who knew? (laughs) I have arthritis. Um, And it's the greatest pen, EVO. I love it. Yeah, and it's well made, and it's it's hefty. It's beautiful. It's um. And it's a work. It is a work of art. It's made in the United States, and which I enjoy. Which is very minimalist. Right. It's what's called, um, the write-out is a, a ballpoint. Right. A tungsten carbide ball in a brass seat. Right. Tungsten carbide is really one of the hardest materials that are known, and that's why you have a nice write-out. And it feels like it's just an extension of your hand. Yeah. That's you the, know what I mean? Right. So it's not so like it's you're manipulating your hand to fit this. I'm proud to say that that pen and models were accessioned into the permanent collection of the Smithsonian. Oh, oh yeah, birds! That's so really cool. Shalom to bird. <laughs> oh, Nachas, you bring me Nachas. So wait, so so Bert, you grew up New Rochelle. You went to summer camp, Jewy summer camp. Yes, well, pretty much. Yeah. Yes, for a long, I was a very very big camper. Um, yeah, I liked athletics. I liked being outdoors very right. very much. So I went to camp from when I was... Which camp? I went to Camp Beaverkill in upstate New York. Very nice. Beaverkill. Not too too far uh, from the Beaverkill stream. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Not too far from a town called Livingston Manor. Mm Mm-hmm. Or next largest would be Liberty. Right. Yes, I know Liberty. 20 miles away. Yes, yes, yes. And then you continue on down to Monticello. Right. And then you get to finally New York. But about right. 125 miles in the north, right. up in the mountains where it would be nice and cool. Beautiful. Yeah. It was um, a <sighs> very... It's it, a very it, Jewy thing. I really yeah. missed yeah, out on dream. the Jew camp. It's yeah. a dream. Um, you're living in heaven. They force you to play. <laughs> right. That's the thing. Like, my kids you go... You can't sit on the bed. You don't know how many people say to me... <laughs> Oh, your kids go to camp for seven weeks? And I'm like, what? I couldn't be without them. Then you're fucking mentally ill. Let your kids go. My kids go to camp. They're not allowed to use their phones. No electronics. Yeah, They can't wait. It may have been the best part of my life life and growing up and learning values and learning sports. But also learning how to negotiate, how to live in a group. Yeah, right. There were ten beds right. in each bunk. There were two counselor beds and eight eight kids. And your parent, you're learning you're for yourself, learning, right? Not yeah. your parents right. saying, oh. you know, it is such. I hated camp because I was six feet tall at twelve, and then they had the open shower, you know, where it, you know it was just you know spurts coming out, you know, like yeah. little fo- and like you know in a gas chamber, you know, like some like in a. Not in a gas chamber, but you know what I mean, in these open showers. It didn't make you happy. Well, I'm six feet, and they're all like, you know, 4'11", and their heads are, you know, in my vagina. I have to tell you, I wore a bathing suit after I was like, oh my God. So did I. I always wore a bathing suit after gym. I would always like, no, at the the open shower. But we had to also. Yeah, and then someone like wrote um, when I left. 
they engraved in the wall, Bigfoot slept here. What a fucking dick. Fucking fuck you, whoever you are, you motherfucker. They're dead. Don't dead. worry. All right, to me. But anyway, summer camp I'm is amazing. I went to music camp, yes. which was really fun. Well, but yeah. camp in any camp, whether it be music camp, whether it be horseback riding, right. whatever camp it is, you're put in, I think, uh, my son Jordan um, went to camp in Maine for a number yeah, of which years. Which one? I'm forgetting the name right here. Right it's my mother went to camp in Maine. Hmm. Yeah. It's a little bit cold for me up there, actually. Yeah, I know. But um, No, but yeah, it's so, like, you know, Jews do it. Non-Jews are like, oh, my kid's going to 4-H camp for two weeks. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know what you're going to do? You're going to have a relationship with your husband. You're going to do all, you know, let I your kid go. I think it's also a good thing for my parents. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, because I had an older brother and sister. Um, I was still the one that was holding them back from maybe doing some things. Right. And Were you I a mistake? Um, well, something that lived with me and still does. Oh, I'm glad I could every bring that time, up. Every yeah. time, yeah. Every time I would sneeze, my father would say, God bless you and keep you because I can't afford you. And so that... That really is a great thing to say to us. That, that would stay that with you forever. me out yeah. for a long time. Oh, my God. You I know, thought she had no idea. You? You're right. I then went to my mother and said, I, I, I want to go to a psychiatrist. Mom. Right. Oh, I remember reading this. You were like 13. Right. And ever, right. did you get bar mitzvah? I did. Did I did. I'm, I'm philosophically Buddhist now. Right. But I was brought up not religiously Jewish. But observant. Um, but conservant. Or, cons- yeah. It was a conservant. The Jews have three types. There's the Orthodox, Orthodox conservative, conservative, Reform. And Reform. And um, in the show where I was brought up, there were each type. Right. And we were in the middle. We were right. conservative. Right. That means there was some English in our... Yeah, and And Hebrew. women and men could, could sit, sit together. together. That's um, how I grew up. Uh, so. Right, Sluts, I can't all of with you. the other. I can't with the Orthodox. But so you, uh, but you know, my synagogue here now they have they have meditation services now. Like they have incorporated right, right. other in, other uh, right. thinking. Right. That's okay. So you're thirteen. The thing I like about Buddhists is um, is that if you're a Buddhist. If you want to be Jewish, you can be a Buddhist Jew. Right. And if you want to be Baptist, you could be a Buddhist Baptist. If you want to be right. Catholic, a you Judas. could be a right. Buddhist Catholic. Right. Whereas <laughs> if you wanted to be a Buddhist and you were Jewish, the right. Jews would say no. You right. have to stay Jewish. Right. If you wanted to be um, Catholic... The Catholics would say, no, you can't. Well, they boys. say no to everything. <laughs> Indeed, they do. <laughs> Except little boys. Hey, oh. Yay, good night, folks. We'll be here all week. That's a man. whole other conversation. Yeah. Oh, yes, it what is. Pisses me off. Yeah. Oh, yes. A little uh, body, what? But, so you asked to go to a psychiatrist, and you mentioned, oh, yes. okay, I read so, that you said other friends were going to well, psychiatrists, and I thought, really? At that age? Yeah, I thought, I said, you very know, self aware. Uh, I think it was. <laughs> Johnny was going to a psychiatrist. David, Gary, and I they think were like they did, were. Did they ask or did their well, parents? In, in, in Nurshell at the time, Nurshell and Mount Vernon, where I grew up, that was fairly. It was kind of standard. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, enough enough that. Well, just like I wouldn't say it's a same, an exact analogy. But divorce was standard in my right, my, and that was the beginning of my, yeah. of my generation. Right, I take uh, twelve guys I went to college with here at NYU. Right, 
11 out of 12 got divorced at least once. At least once. Right. So I can't say that I would kind of think of that yeah, as your, a but, philosophical phenomenon right. as opposed to just Bert being a problem because he can't get along with his wife. Right. <laughs> but, so, all right, so you're 13, you're like, I want to go to a psychiatrist. I want to go to a psychiatrist. And, and what do your parents say? Well, my mother said, I'm sorry, Bert, we can't afford psychological problems. And then God bless you. And then God bless you <laughs> and have a good night's sleep. And I, we can't afford psychological problems. problems. They were not real problems. They're right. psychological problems. What are you the, doing the with are, the making noise? The people who are having problems yeah. are the Syrians. They're having right. problems. Yes, I agree. Okay. My problems were I was biting my nails. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> do you still do it? No, I stopped at about 23. I got after it. And I yeah. went to, and I've gone to shrinks subsequent to that. Okay. So <laughs> when was the first time you went to a shrink? Um, uh, when I got married. I found myself unhappy. Right. Oh, that's unusual. You <laughs> <laughs> win the prize. Yeah. I found myself unhappy, and I couldn't understand why. And you know, it was like um, if I went out to the uh, basketball game on Wednesday right. nights, and was supposed to finish at ten o'clock, and, and the game was good, so we played till ten thirty. Right. As soon as I came home, I got shit. Oh my god. Hello, where were you? This is before cell phones, so you can't say games running long. Right, no, right. This is way before. Where were you? Who were you with? Okay, now, oh saying, now if the, yeah. the next week PTSD. I came home early because the game was bad, yeah. it was, what happened? How come you're home early? Yeah, so you can't fucking win. <laughs> so like, I have the same shit. <laughs> I, couldn't, I, I couldn't win. Right. And so I went to my shrink, and he said, well, when did this start happening? And I explained to him, and he said, well, um, your wife might be the problem. And Smart. I said, um, what, why? I mean, he says, because the, the, there's this constant thread that's continuing and continuing right. and continuing. That it's pattern, not, yeah. yeah this pattern that if you take your wife out of the pattern, it's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> And uh, What's getting his name? more thought to, to go, um, <laughs> this was many, this was many, 40, he's probably right. Uh So that was one time. No. Another time when, um, one of the things about Easy Wider was that I was, um, as much as I enjoy and believe in, in marijuana, um, I don't for cocaine. Right. And because they're all illegal. Right. Underground, they move in the same on the same roads, right? On the same uh, whatever, right? You know, to they a great both have extent, to be right? Right. They both have to be smuggled. It's, right. They're dealing with the same people overseas, etc., right. etc. Cetera, et cetera. Unfortunately, right. I personally think it should be handled that, that all drugs should be legal. You mm -hmm. just have to take a two-month course in the drug, and you decide for yourself what like you want if, to do. Like a gun. Right. Like a gun. You could take a two-month course, course, you pass inhale, it. Inhaling it. Right. Well, one of the things about camp was, the NRA at that time was how to safely use a rifle. Right. That's smart. Even, that's that's smart. how it started. That, yeah, that's how when I was, it was like, we part of camp was riflery. That was Really? One, that was one of the things wow. we did. Wow. I used to play a lot of tennis, but right. most of it was right. So, once a week, you go to the riflery. Did anyone get shot? Like never. You it was always stole my, you know, no, 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 no. Yeah. When um, me grow when when I was growing up, people got beat up. 
they didn't right. get shot. Right. Exactly. See, I'll see you at the schoolyard. Right. You know, that's the way. Exactly. It, right. We'll see you after like school. Right. And you'd sew with your hands. Right. Know? And maybe some guy would get a bloody eye, a bloody right. nose. Right. And he'd run home crying, and that'd be the end of that story. Right. Fisticuffs. Yeah. So you're. No guns. Now you graduate college. Uh, NYU. You, you went to NYU. You're living down on Bleecker or Thompson Street. We, 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 um, when I went to college. Yeah. I went, we lived on Thompson between right. Bleecker and Houston. Right. That's there's an apartment. Perfect. Three guys. Um, I got a, a really good marijuana story with these three guys. Right. These two other friends. They're both named Steve. One of right. them, unfortunately, passed away. <laughs> the uh, Steves. But um, the Steves sent a bongo drum full of marijuana from Jamaica to my apartment. No way. <laughs> How was it delivered? <laughs> well, UPS, U- U.S., well, United well, States Post Office? Was it what, delivered? What, what, what happened, if you want the story? Yes. Is um, these were my two roommates, and, and we were. Um, Three of us were living here in Lincoln Towers at 70th. Oh and West yeah, Avenue. very nice. Seventieth and West End Avenue on a high floor with the right. towers. It was a three. It was a two bedroom apartment. We converted it into three. To Judaism. The we three converted of us it to Judaism. <laughs> the three of us were living there. Yeah, with the Trinity. And uh, all of a sudden, we get a call from my two ex roommates, Steve and Steve. Steve They're Steve. back from Jamaica. Why are you so back from Jamaica? Right. Well, we thought we would um, export marijuana from Jamaica, and we put it in bongo drums, and we were shipping the bongo drums up to you to the apartment. And the next day in the Montego Bay Times, we see the front page with pictures of bongo drums. No. With the comment. Stupid Americans sending marijuana. No way! <laughs> up, no way! Up with bongo drums. Everything's quiet. Nothing's happening. All of a sudden, Peter Stern, Steve's brother, is home. Gets a knock on the door. Police? No, not the police. FBI. It's the United States Post Office. Right. <laughs> and they deliver the bongo drum. No way! Yeah, they deliver the bongo drum. But five minutes later, there's another knock at the door. Yeah, right. And it's the police. Right. The father was a sergeant in the police department. No way. They called Steve's, him Steve's, Steve's father. And Peter's Paul father. Stern. Uh, no, it was, uh, no, it wasn't Paul. Oh, all right, whatever. I, I don't recall. There was a guy. There was a guy. All right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they bust the apartment. But since the father was a cop, the father comes in, punches his son in the face because of being a bad boy. Right. The word comes out, they're all leaving, the police, that we have to be completely out of the apartment within 24 hours, because they're coming back in 24 hours, and if there's anybody there, those people will be busted. In that specific apartment? In that specific apartment, which was completely furnished. Right. (laughs) You lost the place. We lost the place, and we moved out of the place, because my two closest friends... They still are my closest friends, but <laughs> subsequently to that, I went to South America with right. them. I went to Cambodia with them. I've been That's to a great solar story. eclipses with them, right. et, cetera, et cetera. Oh my god! Okay, but and they get, never didn't they think? Oh my god, it smells. Uh, whatever, yes. they, whatever it was, it was 
an unknown how everything in your life could change in right. the moment. moment. Now, um, unbelievable. So that was so they learned, so they learned how to pack it up better. Now I hope. Well, uh, they, they're not in that business. Yeah, they no, both they've become, grown they both become stock more and they well, both. they should have known me. Okay, wait. So you're at NYU. I know. I did read a story that they, the U.S. Post Office, speaking of the U.S. Post Office, had a campaign where you could send in an idea for a stamp, and you sent in. A stamp with the fallout shelter sign. Yes, exactly. Which is, did your parents say, oh my God, Bert is brilliant. No. I know you can't afford him, but you have to admit that is a no. brilliant stamp. No, it was. <laughs> no. Um, as a matter of fact, um, I still see them on the walls of. Uh, I still see them, yeah. I they're from my there's, childhood. There's one they're all on, on the building very nearby or on your building. There was, there's one on our building. Right. And, yeah. Um, it basically was a way at that time. Um, the fears now that the kids have of, um, well, the government hasn't decided what it's going to call it. Right. They haven't decided whether they're going to call it Daesh, ISIS, right. ISIL. ISIL. Um, and I'm sure they have assholes. assholes. Right. There's a few Mental, other, yeah. There's a few other terms yeah. that could be surely used. Right. Um, and so um, the fear now, and true fear amongst children, I'm sure. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Yeah, my son, who's never, he's in college now, he's never been, you know, it's like they get to an age where they don't feel invincible anymore. Right. And he's 19, and he's coming home for Christmas. He said, I'm going, I'm not going anywhere near Times Square. That's what he said to yeah, me. Yeah, okay. And my yeah. other son's school is in Times Square, which is awful. Well, um, unfortunately, you know, for me, I was um, at 8th Street, Washington Square, and I saw the second plane... Uh, I'm sorry. Hit, hit the tower and watched the towers collapse and yeah. land from the debris. Right. So oh, that sorry. was my, um, if you're looking for a hate everything moment. Right. Kill me now. <laughs> yeah. Kill me now. Uh, that was it. And everything pretty much changed in my life. I yeah. agree. From that From moment. that point on. That oh, moment God. must have changed your brain chemistry. Well, it did. I can't look at planes now. Now, I right. have been to... 60, well, if you include America, 68 countries. And some of them five times. Right. Okay. Favorite. I, I, What's your favorite? I only count them once. America. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I have to tell you. I, I mean, I, I... I love to live in America. Right. I was in Canada recently for, you know, two weeks doing a show. Right. And I... And no matter where I am, when I get to America and I go through... And I am... I want to hug the customs people. No, for sure. Thank you. For Thank sure. you for speaking that. You know, it's like... <laughs> now I know exactly what you mean. I see yeah. that flag. I'm like, you know, it's and nice now that we have to live in this sort of police state... state. Um, yeah, it's very it's scary. It's very scary. And I think it was a great uh, a great idea to go into Iraq. Well... You know, um, I thought that was terrific. Yeah, yeah, oh, George real Bush smart. was. That was real But smart. I said, last night I said on stage, I said, you know, I think we finally found the weapon of mass destruction, the NRA, which that I'm sure I'll get in trouble for, but that is Of course what, you will. Well, Good for you. One of the I'm things I've, you. I've learned to appreciate a lot more is the Atlantic and Pacific. Okay? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 
You know, the reason the Syrians are streaming into Greece and then mm -hmm. through there and going up into yeah. there is it's, because they can do it by walking. Right. You're not going to walk across the Atlantic. Right. Well, unless God parts it. Well, we'll uh, see he parted the Dead Sea. <laughs> now, wait. So you're a on. A lot more work. You're on Thompson. You're going to Cafe Agogo, where I have to tell you, I performed. So I started performing in the 80s, and I went to. We're talking 64 to 68. Yeah. But I. But all those places, like. Uh, you remember. Um, Art Delugoff. Art, Art Delugoff. Right. His son. Um, I knew Art, and, uh -huh. and his son um, has been a friend of mine for years. We used okay. to play piano together. I, and did, I didn't know his son. Yeah, I did and know Art uh, Raphael. Because it was right on the corner of Bleecker and Right, Thompson. and I used to go In there. He used blonde, to have stand-up. Yeah. building, right, with black doors. Go, and, black you know, doors. The, a few weeks ago, I shot a show at the Bitter End. And I was Which like, is right across the yes, street. Yes, and I was like, oh, my God, you know, I was not 20 years old. Come these places. Well, that's why New York is still. I mean, uh, I love. I right. love being here. You have a tremendous quality of energy here. Right. And, and walking down the street and seeing a Korean girl walking with a black girl, walking with a Jewish kid, walking right. with a Irish child, and right. they're all giving each other five high fives, right. laughing. You don't find that anywhere. You know, it's amazing for you know my kids. You know, and they, you know, gay parents. You know, they have gay kids, they have transgender kids well, in their right. school. They could give two she shits. Well, it's like, oh, mommy, guess what? So-and-so just came out. They could fucking... They we're, don't we're lucky, care. We're yeah. lucky. We're very lucky to live... When I when I talk to people and they say, well, uh, could you live in New York? I say, because you get more intellectual space than anywhere. How could you not... like? I grew up in the suburbs. You grew up in the suburbs. Right. My mother grew up two blocks away in the city. Oh, yes? Yeah, 94th Street. And she always, my entire, and I had a lot of relatives here on the Upper West Side. And all my childhood, I remember her, you know, it's, it's I can't sleep. It's too quiet. I can't. She would come, we would come on a, um, three times a year, just the two of us to go buy shoes because I was a size 12 at, at 12. And there was only one shoe girl, store. So. There was only one shoe store that sold. It's called Tall Gal Shoes. It was on 38th Street across from the New York Public Library. Mm -hmm. And um, we would come in. And I have to tell you, the minute she stepped foot on the island of Manhattan, it was like another human being. And mm -hmm. she always said, I would pitch a tent in Times Square if I could. And it, you know, it's, it's I, and I... Obviously stayed with you. Right. You live in a very comfortable, nice home. Uh, I love this city. My kids. City. I was in L.A. on a sitcom when Henry yeah. was born, and it was either you, I can stay here and be on TV, <laughs> or I can move back to New York. And I and I it was hard because I was really hot at the time. Like I was really working all the time on every show. I had an HBO special. You know, it was great. But I thought. All I ever wanted was for my children to grow up in New York. Yeah, I'm very happy Jordan did. Yeah. Very happy. Your son's a comedian, Jordan Rubin, yes, and a I director. Do. Right. But we're not talking about him. Anyway, um, <laughs> so you're on I think, I think, I hope he's taken his high energy of doing things from me. Absolutely. Oh. He's a great, he's a great comic. No, um, no question. We might have to high, have him high, on to talk high about energy, you. High energy is, you know... Um, when I was when you invited were kind enough to invite me on to discuss you know some things, you know it was like um, I was thinking and writing a list, 
Right. And one of the things I put on the list was the word time, meaning the importance of it. Ab- yes. Okay, and doing it. And like in New York, you know, during the week I could get my bicycle and go anywhere. I can walk, oh my God. walk anywhere. Wait. I can subway. Bird, we should get married. First of all, I ride my bike everywhere. You can ask Lauren. True. I, uh, the other night, you know, my brother was coming in from Arizona. I have saddlebags on my body and my bike. And I go, I can fit four bags of groceries. I come home. He lives in Arizona. I'm like, can you help me with the groceries? I'm on my bike. I give him right. the sa- You know, you so can walk, like you, you can, can take sit. the bus. It's beautiful. You can take also. the subway. You know, <clears throat> the thing about, and I love that you mentioned time, because often, you know, I I value time more than money. So when someone says to me... Right. You can well, get a lot more money, right. you can't get more time. Right. And so when someone says, oh, I'm going to take the shuttle to then I'm going to wait, then I'm going to to the airport, to the this. To me, spending money on having more time, even a nap, like, you know, if I see that the subways aren't running, will I spend money? Yes, I will, because my time is valuable. I'm not going to, Because you you end up spending, you know, depending on on what you are and who you do, but you end up spending just as much money uh, based on that time you lost, Anyway, well, so, like anyway. some people, like my father was a depression baby. He would drive a half an hour to get a cheap, two cents cheaper gas. Same as my father. Right. This so, is, and what's the point? Yeah. You're using more gas to get, to get there, there, right? right. And, and it's two, it's an hour it, when it could be five minutes. You know, to me, that mentality of, oh, I'm going to drive here because there's a bargain. You know, okay, so it's, it's $10 more expensive here. And you have the whole afternoon. Well, I, I appreciate and, and the walking. I think the walking is very important. And that, walking is... That it's like, you live here, at, and although I live on another part of town in right. Manhattan, both of us within probably three blocks have five Chinese restaurants right. we could go to, six Thai restaurants we right. could buy, Greece. at least three Greeks, some pizzerias... Great Mexican coffee shops. Yeah, they'll be out of business right in six months if right. they're not good. Right, exactly. Yeah, same and here. Some I live of them, Queens, and, and some of them have been here forever. For a long you know? time, right? So you, uh, so you're in, you're at your apartment in Thompson Street, and actually, after I go to school, after I graduate, well, from you NYU, worked as the head of catering at yes, NYU I because was a catering manager, right? Because you had started as a bartender, then a waiter, and right. then you. And then so they, you're making 200 a week. At that time, which seemed like good money. That's a lot of money. Right. And in 64, making 200 a week. Mm-hmm. That's a but lot. But I was working, I was going to school full time. One year I was, one year, I'm actually, because that's the way I lived right. in terms of keeping busy. I was president of my fraternity. What fraternity? Phi Epsilon Pi. I was voted best athlete in the fraternity system. No way. Jock. I was nerd. Jock nerd. You're going jock nerd. to school full time. Right. And working full time. Right. And you so didn't that, smoke. Um, I at didn't that smoke time. marijuana. I smoked cigarettes. Right. Marlboros because you like the Marlboro Mar- commercial. Of course. Huh. Right. How did you know? Because I read. Okay. So then. you're a cowboy and a badass. Yeah. Well, okay. I so think, then. Actually, I learned right nearby here. In fact, um, the stable is the riding stable. Yes, 88th Street. Right. And um, 
I took riding lessons and jumping lessons. No way. Yeah, that, that was cool. Jumping is great for you. Well, jumping was okay to a certain point. Well, now, now my it, trainer... My bones, my bones don't fix as well as they could, so I'm fall. You know, my trainer, it makes me go on the trampoline. And <laughs> That's good for timing. And it's very good for your lymphatic system. And mm-hmm. he just taught me how to run on it. The motion of running, and it's my heart rate goes. It's I sweat so much. I'm getting one for the friend of mine just got me a, a, a quite a good um, what do you call it bicycle yeah. stable bike yeah stationary stationary. But I walk at least. I have a little Havanese dog. Oh, very cute. Okay, you know and my he's... friend Susie Essman says guys with small dogs are like the best. Well, what, what happens is... It, because they're secure of their masculinity yeah. enough to have a small yeah. dog. Yeah. Also, I, my previous dogs were larger. One was a golden retriever mm-hmm. and one was a yellow lab. But uh, um, at okay. this time, also, I've been to Cuba twice. Right. Nice. Since Have you been since we No, not since the daytime. Creation. No. Okay. I've been there in like 1998 and maybe 2004. Right. Or 2006. Um and I found it to be, um, it's not an island, it's a country. Right. It's very different. Right. It's uh, 900 miles long. Right. It's um, very sophisticated. It was right. the richest city in the Western Hemisphere yes. for many years. And there's Jews there, Jubans. What? Oh, big time. Yeah. A lot of Chinese, too. In fact, Chinese cemeteries. Wow. It's just special. So what about the St. Louis, the ship that, you know, that they turned back? That Roosevelt turned back. No, for that's, the a, Jews. that's a. That was a. Oh, that part I don't know. I don't well, they know. came to Florida and then they tried to go to Cuba. Yeah, but I know. The, yeah, I'm, that's a, during the Roosevelt time, and I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know the history. Right. Okay. So, you're at NYU. You're living in Top Street. You're working full time. The first time. Now you're around people who are smoking. Okay. And my Frank Zappa roommates, lived in your building. Frank Zappa lived in my building. Uh, uh, there were the Mothers of Invention was. Oh uh, right, right, right. The Mothers of Invention. Yes, I remember. All of them lived in the building. And you, and first night I ever. I wasn't smoking marijuana, and okay. I decided to smoke. Right. Because my two roommates were. Right, Steve's. The both the two Steves. Yes, yeah, Steve's. Uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. Mm-hmm.